Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. So this week I am putting out to you my four-part wellness workshop, this series that I did all this month called Back to School, Back to Health. And this all happened inside my private Facebook group, which you're welcome to join. The link is in uh, the show notes. Um, but we used this month as kind of a reset. So I feel like September is like this transition month, right? So we're done with summer. And we're not quite to like the holiday fall season, but we're in this like period of transition, right? We're getting back to, you know, I use air quotes here, normal schedule. The kids are coming back to school. We're getting back into work routines. And so it's kind of this transition period where I feel like it's the best time to start a reset, right? Just to kind of reset everything, recalibrate. And that's what I wanted to use this month for. And so in this four-part wellness series, we talked all about doing just that. And I gave all of the tools to reclaim your health, your energy, your vitality. And we used the month to dive into four aspects of your health and wellness so that you can know your body, repair your body, nourish your body, and nurture the body. And we used each week to focus on each one of those. And <clears throat> throughout this series, I talked about so many things about your health. So in week one, we put a focus on the five facets of wellness and how to set the foundation of a healthy body and a healthy life. In week two, I talked about repairing your body. We talked all about digestion and energy and cravings and how to eat for all of those things. A ton of tangible tips for you. And that week... And week three, we talked about nourishing your body, what it means to nourish the body, not only the body, but nourishing the mind and kind of putting the whole holistic wellness equation together. And then week four was all about nurturing the body. And this is kind of this continuous path in your wellness journey, what that looks like and what it means. And in week four, I have this huge, exciting announcement that I can't wait to share with you. So I'm going to post all of these this week. You're going to get week one through four with my extra special announcement coming on week four that you'll definitely want to take advantage of. So enjoy this four week series. I did this all via Facebook. So you'll hear me kind of conversing with the people um, that showed up live and answering any questions that they had. So y'all enjoy and just take this time to get back to Health. Let's jump in. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pujaza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey everybody, welcome to week. So um, in case you are just now joining us, I would highly recommend that you go and watch week one. And this is from our four part series, Back to School. And this is week two. And week one, we talked about knowing your body and this is getting down to the basics and covering the basics before we move on to addressing other things in the body. And then this week, we're gonna kind of dive deeper into that and look at repairing the body. After this, uh, after I'm done with the training today, you can find in your email the guide for today to get yourself started. And then later on this week, you will get an email with some recipes to kind of keep you going um, in the right direction. So today, we are talking about repairing the body. And when we talk about repairing the body, we're talking about multiple factors here. We're talking about digestion and energy, and really we're talking about cravings. And while craving isn't really, cravings aren't really a part of repairing the body, 
digestion and energy have a lot to do with cravings. And so that's kind of how we address, um, address that part of your health. And um, <clears throat> cravings really are a big thing for people. And it's something that can really hold a lot of people back from whatever goals they're trying to reach, whether that's weight loss or otherwise. Um, and so knowing how to address digestion and energy is going to be crucial in addressing that third piece. So let's start by talking just about digestion. And I've got some notes just to kind of go over, uh, make sure we're covering everything that you have in your guide that you're going to get in your email later on today. So basically, when we're talking about digestion. It's, it's important to know that everybody is different. Everybody, everybody's metabolism is different. Everybody's eating pattern is different and everybody's microbiome is different. And when I say microbiome, I'm talking about all the bacteria that make up the gut that's in your gut. Every, it's literally as unique to you as your fingerprint. So the same person who's related to you, um, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, whatever, everybody's microbiome is different. Yours is going to be different than theirs. And learning how you respond to certain foods and the environment around you is going to be crucial to how you deal with your digestion, your energy, and your cravings. Because again, it's going to be unique to you. And so when we're talking about cravings, um, I'm going to start there. It's important to know, A, that your digestion and all everything that goes on in your digestion is going to be different from everybody else's. But it's also important to know that sometimes the craving is happening because your body actually needs something and it's telling you that it's it needs something that it's not getting. And then sometimes it's related to something altogether, like stress, which can wreak havoc on our hormones, which is a conversation I was having earlier today with someone. It's Stress can really do a number on the body. And when um, you're, you know, you're stressed out, your cortisol levels are elevated, that's a hormone. It's going to cause other hormones in your body to be elevated. It's going to be other, cause other hormones in your body to drop, like serotonin. And so everything's out of whack. Serotonin is also related to the gut. All these hormones, all of this, your gut, all of that, it's all related. So we're talking about cravings and hormones and digestion. It's all one and the same. So let's, let's look at digestion and how we can kind of get to the bottom of how to build ideal proper digestion and how that can really affect um, every aspect of your body and how it can affect help with your cravings and all that. So we're talking about eating for uh, ideal digestion energy. First, there's a few things that you can do to improve your digestion, to have better digestion. And first thing that I talk about all the time, if you've ever done any master class or workshop of mine, I can't not talk about fiber because it is that crucial. And fiber really is like the piece that's missing uh, when people are trying to heal their body, right? So, so when your body, when you digest fiber, the byproduct of this, of the fiber broken down your body is short chain fatty acids. And these short chain fatty acids, this is where the magic happens. This is where the healing starts. This is what helps build a healthy and strong gut. It helps um, reinforce the lining of your intestines and your stomach. So it keeps everything from leaking out, which is what causes inflammation when things leak out of your intestinal, when there's little perforations in your intestines. The short chain fatty acids helps heal that. And it helps promote the healthy bacteria in your gut, which is what keeps you healthy and what helps your hormones balance out and what helps lower inflammation and what helps heal your body from autoimmune issues and all of that kind of stuff. So when you're eating more fiber, you're getting more short chain fatty acids. And this is the first step really in healing the body and improving digestion. So where do you get fiber? You get it from eating plants. 
that's the only place to get it. Meat, um, meat and animal products. There's zero fiber in any of that. You, you can't get fiber from animal products. Fiber is only found in plant-based products. So that's fruits and veggies and whole grains and legumes and nuts and seeds. All of that is where you get fiber. And that's really where you're going to build a healthy gut. Because the other thing is when we're talking about digestion and, um, plants is diversity. There's over 300,000 species of edible plants on this planet. Obviously, we're not eating anywhere close to that number, but it's important to know that there's so many plants out there that can help heal your body, and all of them are different, and all of them serve a certain purpose, specific purpose, a certain purpose, and they have certain um, enzymes and bacteria that help your body. So the my point is, eating as much plant diversity as possible is really going to help with that healing process, helping balance out digestion and promote healthy digestion and bouncing hormones and all of that because you're getting all that good variety of bacteria and enzymes from all those different kinds of plants. So that's first and foremost is getting a lot of fiber and getting a diverse, um, getting plant diversity in your diet, all right? So another thing that can help with ideal digestion and help that that process of healing the gut is an elimination diet. And um, there's a lot of different ways you can go about this. And many times, and let me let me do this like a like a disclaimer when I'm talking about it. Um, so as a disclaimer, if you suspect that you have like an actual food allergy, like it's an allergic response, you need to forego the elimination diet and go get allergy testing because that's like a serious thing. That is something that can potentially be life-threatening if you have a food allergy. And that's like an antibody response, right? Now, if you're having like food sensitivities, that's totally different. It's more, it's an inflammatory response. It's not an antibody response that requires like potentially requires medical attention. So just disclaimer there. But if you are having food sensitivities, you have certain foods that are causing you issues, and maybe you're not sure what they are, um, an elimination diet can help. Now, I do want to say this. I am not a proponent of an elimination diet to like eliminate entire food. I don't believe in, you know, restricting whole, entire food groups. I just don't. I think you're missing out on a lot. I think your body needs um, a lot of what's in those foods that we're looking at getting rid of. And that's that's a whole conversation for another day. But my point is, we now when I work with my nutrition clients, we do what I call a detox elimination diet. And it's really just to pinpoint what the problem is. Once we can pinpoint exactly what it is, we can take an approach to get rid of that food or food group or whatever for a certain period of time. Promote the process of healing. So we eat all these other certain foods. We work on taking certain supplements that are going to help the gut heal. And then we can slowly reintroduce those back in the body so that now your gut can effectively break those foods down without giving you, you know, the bloating, the gas, the pain, or whatever, you know, whatever the issue is. So that's how I approach an elimination diet. It's not so much like, hey, let's find out what the problem is and then just get rid of that food so you can't ever eat it again. It's let's figure out the problem because a lot of times when we find the problem, I can better, better, um, take a better approach to healing the body because sometimes it's not what you think it is, right? It's this one specific food that you think is a problem, but really ends up being this entire food group. And you realize that, oh, my problem is with this inflammatory effect of this that's in this food or whatever. So we can kind of take a better approach and, um, be more effective in healing the body. So, um, 
that's my, so number one was in um, lots of fiber and plant diversity. And then my second tip there was an elimination diet, figuring out, just pinpointing what the problem is. Now, another way to promote a healthy digestion, help heal the body is eliminating or at least limiting saturated fat and processed foods. Now, these, are, when I say saturated fat, I'm talking about from animal products like high fat meats and cheeses, dairy, that kind of stuff. Those, along with processed foods, are highly inflammatory and can really wreak havoc on your digestive, digestive system and your energy. It takes, your, it takes a lot of energy for your metabolism to work correctly and to work efficiently. When you're like overtaxing your digestive system, that requires even more energy. So that like slump that you're feeling that you're like, oh, I need some coffee or whatever, it's really because your body is so worn out because and it could be, I'm not saying in every case, I shouldn't speak in generalities, but many times it's because your body is working so hard to break down food that it's like, I don't know what to do with this. And so it's like trying to break down the food and it's causing other issues in the body that's stealing away energy that you could have for your day or for your afternoon workout or whatever, because it's taking more to digest your food and figure out what to do with this crap that you just ate. So um, saturated fat and processed foods really do wreak havoc and it can really cause issues with your gut. And earlier, a second ago, when I was talking about um, how fiber can help heal the body and promote like healthy stomach and intestinal lining, processed foods and saturated fat is like the catalyst for the opposite of that. <laughs> so when you're when you get little perforations in your intestinal tract, a lot of times it is from these inflammatory foods, which comes from saturated fat and processed foods. So the more you eat it, it's causing more and more inflammation, and it causes these little micro tears in your intestines, and it causes undigested food to leak out, which causes inflammation. Right. So eliminating or at least limiting it is a really good way to protect your energy and to really heal your digestion. All right, my next tip for healthy digestion is probiotics and prebiotics. So I'm sure you've all heard of uh, probiotics, but there is also another form of healthy um, foods <laughs> called prebiotics. So let's talk about prebiotics first. Pre meaning before, that's why it's important to know that this one is just as important, if not more important than probiotics. These come are in certain foods that are basically like food for the healthy bacteria that live in your gut. These come from certain plant-based foods. And in your PDF, there's a whole list of them, but there's like, you know, apples and oats and dandelion greens and bananas and flax seeds. There's, there's a list of them. And it's a lot of plant-based food. It's really most plant-based plant foods, but you can get a lot more in this list that I have in your little PDF. But these are food for the healthy bacteria that live in your gut. So it's like you're promoting and you're like perpetuating these healthy bacteria that are in your gut. Probiotics, that's prebiotics. Probiotics are actual live organisms that live in your gut. This is the live bacteria that's in your gut. So when you're taking a probiotic supplement, you that's that's what you're taking. And the thing is, you need both of these for a healthy gut. So when I talk about a healthy gut microbiome, this is it. It's like the the combination of all of this together because you have to have both. And when you have one without the other, it's not going to work well. And like with someone I was talking with earlier today, she's got a, a bunch of different issues going on with her gut, but she's very limited right now on like the, the plant-based food she can eat because she's dealing with all these other issues. So her gut's like so out of whack and I'm, I'm trying to explain to her, well, you know, we need to get you on prebiotics 
because this is what's going to help your gut heal. And so my, um, my recommendation really is to put more emphasis on the prebiotics before the probiotics because you have to feed the bacteria and just putting more and more bacteria in your gut is not really going to like fix the problem. Because in, in reality, when you're taking a probiotic, first of all, depending on which one you're getting, they're not gonna be effective. And I've talked about this before with, um, in a, a live I did a while back, probiotic. You really do wanna go for something that is a little higher end, preferably because that's when you know it ha it's got to be like alive and two if you're not taking it consistently it's also not doing anything like if you're just taking it here and there because you have to keep taking it for it to live and like flourish in your gut so if you so after like if you stop taking it after like I don't know five to seven days it, it's gone like all the ones that you were taking now not saying there's no bacteria left in your gut we always have bacteria there but the ones you're taking it it's not it's anything. It's not something like you just take every now and then or take for a while and then it's like, oh, I have all these. It doesn't work like that. So, which is also why you need both because you need the prebiotics to feed those and help them flourish when they're in there. That's why I'm saying taking the probiotics, like that's good and all. I'm not saying don't take it. I always recommend take it, but it's not doing a whole lot if it doesn't have anything to feed off of, you know, multiplying and growing and flourishing in your gut. So you need both. Um, one more thing to mention on digestion is food combining. Food combining is basically the science behind like combining certain foods together for better digestion. Now there's science to back this up that um, because basically your stomach digests certain foods and your intestines digest certain foods and there's different enzymes in both. So when you're throwing a bunch of stuff in your digestion, digestive system all at once, it's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do. So when you're combining certain foods together, it's going to help with digestion. Again, I talk about energy. It's going to help save that energy so you're not using more energy to digest so many different things in your uh, digestive system. So um, when you, when we're looking at food combining, here are some, and these, this is in the PDF that you're going to get, but this, these are basically like just the basic guidelines, I guess, for food combining. First, fruits are best eaten alone. Fruits are best digested by themselves. Proteins and starches should not be eaten together. So I know we're a whole like meat and potatoes kind of society here, but it's actually, it's actually not effectively, efficiently or effectively digested. It's really not digested great. So when you're eating, you should combine at the same time. So veggies and starches and veggies and protein, that those two combinations are really what makes for really great digestion. So really when you're eating plant-based meals and mostly plant-based, you really don't have to worry a lot about this because we're not dumping a bunch of protein in at the same time, right? Because most of the protein sources that are plant-based are full of fiber and they still have carbs and they still, you know, so it's not like you're eating this isolated protein source. So it's, this is why plant-based meals, plant-based foods um, help so much with digestion, right? So that's my spiel on digestion. And when I talk about energy, it goes together. So all of the things I was just talking about, all the lists that you're gonna get in, the, in your little guide and your email, all of that really applies to energy as well. So when I work with many times, 
I would say almost pretty much all the clients that I've worked with in the past, it, energy is a big thing for them. They don't have it or they don't have as much as they want or they have it for a little while then they don't or the only reason they have it is because they're down in caffeine all day. And it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of reasons, but we're looking, a lot of times we're looking at, you know, inflammatory effects. What's causing inflammation and that's like causing your energy to just leak out in other areas. What's happening in your digestive system is your digestive system so overtaxed that all of the energy in your body is going to help break down all of your food. Are you eating, you know, the wrong things and so now you, you're not getting energy from food where you should be. So all of it is tied into everything that I just talked about. So if you're looking for more energy, if you're looking for better energy, you're looking for energy sans caffeine or at least maybe less caffeine then this this is it everything that i just said it's it's high fiber foods it's variety of plant-based foods now i'm not saying that you have to be 100 plant-based to get the benefits of this because you don't and that's really i i don't teach my clients that anyway some of them want to be just because that's you know that's their choice but that's not my goal. My goal isn't to like, and I've said this before in this group, my goal isn't to, you know, turn every, turn everybody vegan or plant-based, whatever. Meat can have its place. And again, I, I, my motto is doing everything without restriction. So if, if being, if cutting out all meat and dairy makes people feel restricted, then make room for it, right? That's, that's my motto. So my point is in in healing the body healing the digestive system and creating more energy for yourself it's putting a focus on plant-based foods plant in your meals so that's the focus of it we're not focusing on the meat or the animal-based product whatever we're focused on the plant-based foods meat can have totally have its place okay so let's look at cravings right and what that means so there's a lot of information out there saying lots of different things about cravings and cravings there you know you'll see maybe it's your body's deficient in something or that um you know you haven't eaten up something or that it's you know you're hormonal there's a lot of things but studies have actually a mix of of all of that right there's social there's cultural there's psychological factors and environmental factors that play a role in why you have cravings, right? So a consistent craving typically means there's some sort of imbalanced emotion. Sometimes it's around a certain event or a certain feeling, and that needs to be addressed, right? Which is a lot of times why I have my clients keep a food journal so we can kind of track down what it's, and a lot of times it's pretty blatant, right? A lot of times you know, like, well, yeah, I've been super stressed about work or, at home or whatever and so you can kind of pinpoint it but sometimes you can't and so you don't really understand what emotional tie is connected to thing that you have right so a journal is always a great idea and i have your pdf that you can kind of look at to kind of get an idea of what to keep track of but i have also have in here and i'm going to go over these right now just a list of some commonly craved foods what it can mean and then how to kind of overcome it like some things you can do you know instead right we'd rather have healthier alternatives so many of us have come to view sweets as a reward right and it's this anticipation of this reward just the anticipation of it not the actual reward reward itself triggers dopamine in our brains and that's the hit that's like that pleasure center in your brain right 
And this is really, dopamine has been linked to food addictions and just really addictions in general, right? So those who have addictive behaviors or maybe they have an addictive past, this can be a real trigger. Sweets can be a real trigger because they're getting that same hit from sweets, right? From sugar or whatever. And you've probably seen, there's a bunch of documentaries out there that you can watch that talks about like what triggers, what parts of your brain are triggered when you eat sugar or something sweet. So, um, so when we're, when we're triggered by this, our brain like knows that it's going to get pleasure from that. Right. And so that's, that's a lot of times where this craving comes from. So there's a few ways around this. And some of these sound like super hokey, but I'm telling you, if you try them, you find what you'll, you really will find one that works for you. Right. There's, there's a lot of ways around it. So this one does sound hokey and you're gonna be like, okay, yeah, right. But try it. You don't know unless you try it is sense smells. But try rewarding yourself with a different way. Since scientific studies have shown that since have been proven to shift your mood, to um, shift your emotions, to trigger like enjoyable uh, memories that you have in your head, right? So try it. Try things like essential oils or soaps or aromatherapy candles or, um, you know, incense, whatever smells. Try scents instead. Try it and see what happens. It also triggers a point in your brain. So you never know what's going to cause that. It's like a frozen treat, right? But it's still getting, giving your body like that sweetness that it wants, but you're getting a ton of vitamins and minerals and you're getting the fiber as well. So it's going to help that blood sugar spike. It's going to help prevent that blood sugar spike that you get from just eating you know, a piece of candy or a cookie or whatever. And then I've mentioned this before, but I'm sitting out for um, – for cravings is a probiotic, right? And prebiotics and probiotics. And I know it's gonna, it sounds weird, but a lot of times sugary cravings are from some sort of imbalance in your gut. And sometimes it can be due to an overpopulation of yeast bacteria in your gut because it thrives off of sugar. And so it makes you crave more. That's what the yeast feeds off of. And so a probiotic, as well as prebiotics, plant-based foods, can help, um, balance that yeast that, that feeds off the sugar. So kind of kill off some of that and help kind of balance your system. So that's, again, that's all part of like the healing process. All right. So number craving number two is dairy. Now you might've noticed that when you eat cheese, you want more. It's like, I gotta have it. <laughs> so cheese can also be like an addictive food, just like sweets can, because it contains enzymes and stimulants in it that produces serotonin, which again, it makes, it's a feel good hormone. It makes you feel good. And so you want more, right? So, um, it, it does, it can have similar addictive, addictive effects like sugar, right? That's what, that's what cheese does. <laughs> cheese, cheese can do it. And I say dairy, but it's like specifically cheese. So first, um, I, my first recommendation is really to, eat less. <laughs> dairy really is, it's super inflammatory and it, it really increases incidence of congestion and allergies. And science has shown that it really is one of the most mucus forming foods, which is really gross, but it's a fact. Um, it causes skin issues. It can cause breakouts. It can cause digestive issues, uh, constipation, diarrhea. It can help lead to leaky gut. What I was talking about earlier with the perforations in your intestine. So my first, um, 
recommendation would be just to eat less. But if you're looking for foods with that like feel good effect, that same effect with um, you know the the little serotonin boost you get from eating cheese, there are other foods <laughs> that are a little healthier like bananas and making like maybe like banana ice cream. You just basically put frozen bananas in a blender, maybe put like some peanut butter or something in it. It makes it like my kid loves it. It makes like ice cream. Um, avocados, salmon is another good one. Nuts, spinach. There are other foods that increase serotonin levels that still give you that feel good fe feeling, but you get the fiber and you get the vitamins and minerals that aren't found in dairy. And without the inflammation and the mucus and the constipation, like that just sounds dreadful. Um, and then, and then too, if, if you, you know, you like dairy and you, and you like the, you know, you like the taste of it and you just like eating it find a, find a plant-based alternative. There are so many alternatives out there now. And there's so many like less processed versions out there now used to really not even that long ago. All you could find were these like super high processed alternatives. which It was just like, what is all this crap? But now you can find, you know, almond based, coconut based, soy based, you can find all kinds of bases. Um, and you can just, or you can make your own. There's so many good recipes actually have some recipes. Um, if you look in the group, or if you want me to send you some, I can, but there are plenty of recipes made with cashews or almonds where you can make your own cheese if, if that's what you want, right? So that's my recommendation there. Um, okay, I'm gonna finish these last two pretty quickly here. So next is craving like salty and crunchy stuff. Now there's a few reasons that you might crave salty foods. It could be anything from dehydration, an electrolyte imbalance, fatigue can make you crave salty stuff, PMS, your hormones, stress, all of this can, um, trigger these cravings because a lot of times craving crunchy foods has a lot more to do with your emotions than anything else. So, and, and some scientists have even said that if you're craving crunchy foods, it means that you could be feeling some sort of anger or stress or frustration, like it's all related. Stress usually is the common denominator here. So most of the time, this is the problem. So if you're craving salty, crunchy foods, try some healthier alternatives. And I know, again, this sounds hokey and you're like, okay, yeah, but if, it's my, if, you, if you pair it with something that you're like, okay, this is really tasty, then it does the trick. But crunchy fruits and veggies, like you still get that crunch that you're looking for, um, but maybe pair it with like hummus or like, I don't know, homemade ranch dip or something, but something that you like to dip it in. Um, also, if you just, if you can make like actual veggie chips at home, use like a mandolin or slice them really thin, put them in an air fryer or in a low, uh, an oven at a low temperature, make them super crispy. You've got your own chips, put some salt on them and there you have, you just made your own chips. Um, you can also try something else crunchy like seeds and nuts and things like that. That still give you that salty flavor, but you're getting more nutrition than just, you know, regular chips. And then, and then dealing with the stress, exercise is a really great stress reliever, getting out for a walk, going outside for a walk, but kind of removing yourself from the stress, removing, changing your environment to remove yourself from a stressful situation, that's also gonna help too. And then last one here is carbs. Now, and I'm definitely not gonna say don't eat carbs because I'm not about that, so don't worry. But there can be cravings for carbs and like not in a good way, right? Similar to sugar, carbs can have this mood altering property where it makes us feel good, especially refined carbs. And that's really, that's really the thing is, um, you know, carbs get a bad rap and grains get a bad rap or they're not inflammatory. The processed kind, the refined kind, yeah, because it turns into sugar in your body and it's not good. So 
many times when we're craving carbs, it's like the process, kind of just like the sugar, right? It's reminding you of maybe an emotion or something. It's, it's, it's connected to some emotion or some memory. So instead of going for the processed or the refined carbs, um, grab something healthier, something like that making you know sweet potato chips or eating a sweet potato right that's those, those are carbs right making a sweet potato how you like it put some maple syrup and peanut butter on it make it taste good right but just getting out of the habit of just going for the refined stuff like right? the cookies and the white breads and the white pastas and all of those things that are refined knowing how to find a healthier alternative to those things uh, sprouted whole grain bread, right? Making a nice big like hearty bowl of, of uh, like wild rice or quinoa or buckwheat or homemade granola, right? That can be just as delicious as the things that you you think you want, but it's not going to give you that like feeling of regret and the extra pounds on the scale from eating things that just aren't as nutritious things that are gonna spike your blood sugar, things are gonna mess up your hormones, right? And then two, just like I mentioned a second ago, deal with the stress. Um, the stress can lead to the carb and the sugar cravings. So doing things like exercise, managing your stress, which we're gonna talk about mindfulness next week in week three, but having some way to manage stress, whether it's going for a walk or it's meditation or it's yoga or it's um, sitting in silence or it's, taking a bath or whatever that means for you, whatever like self-care mindfulness means to you, get an adult coloring book, color some pages. That is like a huge. So something like that, that can just, again, remove yourself from the stress, let your mind lead the stress and do something else can really do a number on that craving for what you want. Now, if here, I'm going to use this, my last, my last point here and I'm going to go, sorry, I'm getting long winded here. Um, if, you have a craving, because this is the other thing. You have a craving, right? And you're trying to do all the things to not have the craving. And you're trying to do all the things to work around the craving. And you still have the craving. And you're like, dang it, if I don't get this thing. Like, it ends up, because a lot of times, we do this, we work around it, we do all the things to, like, not think about it. And then, you know, two hours later, we're binging on three bags of Doritos because we didn't do anything about it, right? And it, we still have that craving. Don't do that to yourself is my advice. And give yourself something, right, and to, um, to kind of appease the senses, whatever healthier version of that is. Now, if you feel like removing yourself from the situation is going to do the trick, I just need to change my environment. I'm just going to get outside. I'm going to go for a walk around the block. And I'm going to come back. Do that. And then if you're still feeling the craving, then do something about it, right? get you, um, have you some more whole grain chips, right? The, the nuts and seeds chips are going to be healthier than the Lay's potato chips. But just knowing that there are healthier versions of the things that you think you want in the moment that aren't going to lead to, um, you know, the stomach ache or the regret or whatever. So that's my other piece of advice too, is you don't always have to deny your senses. It's just figuring out really what's going to work for you. So in the PDF, I have, you know, the notes and everything, some lists of things. And then I also have like this little example of what I call the trigger tracker. And it's basically helping you track where your cravings are and helping you figure out what your trigger is and helping you figure out how to work with it and how to uh, work through it.
right? So we're looking at like what you're feeling at the time, um, what had been going on earlier that day, who was the last person I talked to, like all these things to kind of figure out what the trigger is and how we can deal with it. All right, so that is my, um, that's today's lesson, this week's lesson. Uh, so if you have more questions about digestion and energy and cravings, I'm gonna email you the replay of this and the guide. So look at your email, look later on this week for some recipes that kind of help you out with the digestion and the energy part of it. And as things come up, let me know if you have cravings and triggers that you're like, I have no idea what the heck to do with this crap. Like, just let me know. We can talk about it. We can figure out um, some other strategies, right? Let me know. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.